You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a boutique agency that uses the art of interviewing to showcase your special sauce to help you get prospects to know, like, and trust you. Now, you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, that I'm a pretty big advocate for podcasting as a marketing channel, but I also know it can be a big lift for companies to get a show up and running and keep it going and all that. And it can be an especially big lift if you're a solopreneur and you're just doing all that you can do to serve your clients and keep your business going. I mean, putting a podcast on top of that and, and running it and being the host, that can be a lot. And so I really take my hat off to any solopreneur who gets into podcasting is able to do a really good job with it. And so if you have the wherewithal to make it work, it can add tremendous value. I'm really glad to have with me today one such, one such entrepreneur, Olivia Looper. Olivia is founder of Lexicon Advisor Marketing, which is a digital marketing agency for financial advisors. Her podcast is called Get Advisor Fit where Olivia talks with financial consultants and industry experts about marketing strategy and business growth. Olivia, it is so great to have you on the show. Jeremy, thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be here. I'm excited to share this space with your audience today. Well, the honor is all mine. And, you know, I should also mention that Olivia and I are friends because we know each other through the First Gen Group, which is uh, a group for first-generation entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, shout out to Andrew McIntosh, who is also a friend of ours and started the community and just wanted to give a little plug for that. If you are an entrepreneur, first generation entrepreneur, and you're looking for a great community to join, this is a good one. First gen. Wouldn't you agree, Olivia? Oh, I love it. I joined in January. So that was seven months ago. And I can't imagine it not being a part of my life now. It's been added tremendous value. Yeah, me too. I joined just a few months ago and... Anyway, just wanted to get that out there. So let's get into our main topic. And I just want to jump in with what's the number one benefit that you get from podcasting? Okay, so I'm really glad that you asked this question because this morning when I was driving back from Carline, I was thinking about something that my husband said to me not too long ago. And he was like, is it really worth it? Is is the podcast mm -hmm. really worth it? And I had to you know, share with him the value that I saw out of getting the podcast, even though I don't have millions of downloads or thousands of subscribers. And because he doesn't see really my interaction with advisors in the social space or prospects on discovery calls. So he never really gets any feedback from the podcast. All he knows is that we spend this time recording, editing, getting everything up, making the thumbnails, you know, doing everything that's involved every two weeks, because that's how often we publish. And he's wondering, you know, is this really an efficient use of our time? Is it helping us in any way? So I'm glad that this was the first question, because it was something I was thinking about. And I think there's, there can be a million different reasons and benefits from having a podcast. But for me, it's really been about building a deeper connection and engagement with my audience, and also establishing authority as somebody who is a major player on the scene in financial advisor marketing. So those have really been the top two benefits. And because of the intimate nature of podcasts, people can really get a chance to get a feel for you, you know, whether it's a prospect coming and saying, 
oh, yeah, I like what she has to say or, oh, no, she's not for me. I don't think this is my style at all. Those are both great byproducts of having them have seen your podcast. And then if you're consistent, if you produce content on a regular basis, the audience that's there for you and supports you and is a fan, will they say, oh man, look at her. She's serious about this. She's committed. I trust her. She put her mind to do something and she's stuck with it. And look at her. She's sharing all this great information with us, you know, that doesn't necessarily serve her any. It's not like I get paid to make the podcast each episode, you know, the returns are as a little bit different. I I love also the other benefit of having networking opportunities and it goes Mm. both ways, right? So when you're out talking with people or out in your industry and they're like, oh yeah, okay, she's got a podcast and let's say they're in your industry as well and they want to have exposure to your audience. So that is something that attracts them to you and then you can have a collaborative experience. If they don't have a podcast, you have something they want. You have a captive Mm -hmm. audience, even if it's not that great, you know, that big. And if they do have a podcast, then there's something that you can share so we could be on each other's podcast like we did Mm -hmm. and get exposure to the other person's network and meet new people that way. So, I mean, the personal connection, being consistently engaged with people out there, showing them that you are, you stick to your goals and the things Mm -hmm. that you say you're going to do to establish authority and some great networking opportunities. So that was a lot of reasons, but it's just been great. I mean, the advisors come to me, even if they're not advisors who fit my ideal client profile, they've found benefit in it in some way. You know, there's nothing like receiving the compliment like from a new client. For example, yesterday told me, oh, I listened to your podcast with Sharice. I think that was the last one that came out. And it was really great and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, awesome. Like, I'm glad that, you know, and he was already signed up, but he was listening to it to learn mm-hmm. from it. And It just feels good to be able to help other people too. Okay. Okay, great. So you mentioned, so you get a lot of value from this podcast clearly, and you mentioned a lot of things. Let's dive a little bit deeper into a few of those. So I think the first thing you mentioned is that I think you said it helps you make a deeper connection with your audience. And I want to explore that a little bit because there are different ways to do that, right? You can, you can write a blog, you can send a newsletter, you can do like a video series, you know, how do you think podcasting in particular helps you create that deeper connection compared to to say what you might do through a blog. I would liken it almost to like the difference between being on a phone call and being on a Zoom like this, right? Mm. We can see each other. We can see the other person's reaction. If we laugh, we can share that moment together where that, you know, some of that is lost when you're in a phone call. Now, I will say that I do believe that different people digest different information differently. And that's a lot of differences. So some people do just prefer reading as for myself. Like I feel like I sound better when I'm writing. You have the ability to edit. I can look at how the words are on the page. I can see how the flow is and check the format, make sure everything is complete. You know, when you're speaking, it's a little bit more raw. Yes, we can go back and edit it and do all of those things, but we can't recreate the entire thing. I mean, with AI capabilities, I suppose you you might be able to soon just mm. have an avatar and input your transcript and they make it for you. But, you know, that, of course, then you're going to lose that rawness, that connection that's just human to human connection. And I think 
because everything in our world is so digital, we're already living very mediated lives. And so the more that we can feel truly connected with somebody else, the better off that we're going to be just spiritually also like we're communal beings we're supposed to be not supposed to be living on an island alone and also for business opportunities just making deeper connections with people who you might have mutual synergies with Mm -hmm. i like your use of the word raw because i i I think so too i agree with you and what i take you to mean and, and and tell me if i'm right or wrong is that when you're talking as opposed to say writing a blog post there's something un, uh, more unfiltered about it, right? You're just talking and not uh, not necessarily carefully weighing e- each word. It just comes out more naturally. And so the content is maybe a little more organic, a little more authentic to use a word that I like, that I, that I don't love. But still, you know what I mean? I or am I on the right track there? That is exactly what I meant. And I don't know why, but it makes me think of almonds, right? So... <laughs> You can go to the store. (laughs) First of all, I always thought it was strange that they called non, you know, flavored almonds, like raw almonds. Like this is not chicken. It's 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 not going to go bad, (laughs) but okay. So that was always fascinating to me. But you see about raw almonds versus eating almonds that are covered in like barbecue powder or wasabi Mm -hmm. powder or something like that. It does not really taste like an almond anymore. Then it's just something mm-hmm. with a nut texture that kind of tastes like a chip. But if you have a raw almond, you, you're going to get, that's what an almond tastes like. So you do a podcast, you get the raw almond. You get to decide if you like it or not. Like, this is me. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can go into theory about how performative we are or not, but that's just a thing. I don't think we can really filter that out (laughs) that's all up in here but um Mm -hmm. to me it's just you know you get the taste of the almond you get to decide do you like me do you not like me do you want to follow my podcast there's millions out there you pick which one you like you know yeah there's just just something about the nature of a conversation an unscripted conversation where you're what would you say You're, you're kind of full of yourself or like more yourself than you it's a little bit easier to express yourself and your have your personality come through than it might be in a blog post say yeah and i think what it makes me think of the story of why i started my podcast and it was mm. because i went on my first podcast as a guest of a client of mine he is a financial advisor and he runs a podcast called the happy half hour and because we were his marketing team he had a podcast production team as well, but we were doing his email and his social media. So of course we were all working together to promote the episodes. And so he asked me, he interviews entrepreneurs and he asked me to be on the show and I was so nervous. I think I even tried to reschedule it once and I had the questions beforehand, but I don't know. This was my first podcast appearance. I was very scared. But uh, when I got off of the the hour long or whatever, I ran across the house and I told my husband, I am starting a podcast because it felt so good mm. to be able to do this. I mean, just personally, one of the other benefits of having the podcast is I learn so much from the, the people that I get to interview. It gives me an excuse to have these great conversations with people and also be able to offer them something in return. Right. So like mm. here, here's some content you can use. I'm going to share about you with my audience. I get the benefit of learning and, and creating these connections with them personally, and then I can offer them something back. But it's that rawness that really I loved about podcasting from the beginning is why I wanted to do one myself. I was like, I want to wow. do this all the time. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I love how you put that, right? That feeling when you come out the other side of a really good conversation and you're like, wow, that was awesome. Like it's a, it's an experience, right? You can learn something in an even 20 minute conversation that looking back, you're like, wow, that, that's something that you probably might not have really come to or learned if you hadn't been talking to that particular person about that particular thing and kind of chopping something up. And yeah, it's a good feeling, right? When you're like, wow, that was invigorating. Yeah. Or even just, you know, later on while you're just going about your day-to-day life and you remember little tidbits from the conversation that you had that then shape your outlook on the other things that you're exposed to in your life. I'm very, very much big on everything happens for a reason. Everything Mm -hmm. is even the tiniest pebble that you walk over and the sidewalk is somehow aligned with what's happening in your life and it affects what's going to happen going forward. Yes. I believe we have free will, but all of our experiences. So we take this, these experiences that we have together into our, into our worlds, into our lives with us, and they enrich our lives and make them better possibly. I I love everything you're saying. So, so clearly another big part of the benefit is the people you get to talk to on the podcast, having these conversations developing relationships with them. So let me ask, first of all, how do you find guests? I just pick people I like. I mean, Mm. (laughs) I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So at first I picked some people I was very comfortable with. I think my first five interviews, I think I did my financial advisor, my brother-in-law who does hiring with the strategic implementer. He's a partner. Now I did a business consultant that I worked for for a couple years. So Zoe is actually, she's one of my competitors technically, but in a, a financial advisor friend. So at first it was like, okay, my group feels very small. How am I going to mm-hmm. find people like this? Yeah. I don't know. And this is new. Like it's not really a big offer. Like I don't have a huge audience to say, Whoa, this is like my carrot that I'm offering you for your time. You know, when you're new, there's mm-hmm. like not really much, there as far as that goes. So you want you, I guess you do that. You pick people that you're close with. But then after that, I would just sort of keep an eye out when I was doing my networking and stuff on LinkedIn. And, or if somebody said something, I would think, oh, well, my audience could really benefit from that. We could have a really great discussion around this. And I just ask them, Hey, I run this podcast for financial advisors. We usually talk about marketing or business building related things. I really like this about you. And I think that you could add really great value to an episode on this. Or, you know, if you have another idea of something you'd like to talk about, we can explore that. And that's sort of how it goes. The first gen community has been great for finding Mm -hmm. some folks who are a good fit including yourself. We can talk Mm -hmm. about podcasts. We talked about podcasting. I'm there as well. So yeah, I really just kind of keep my eyes peeled. And if I feel like somebody's got a good message or a good vibe, I just ask them if they're down to come on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what would you say that your, the response rate has been in terms of people saying, sure. I don't think I've ever had anybody say no yet. One, one gentleman said we had just met. So it was sort of a quick ask, you know, maybe I was too forthcoming, (laughs) but he was like, you know, I used to say yes to everything and I'm really trying to be more protective of my time. And I said, you know what? I respect that. It's open. If you ever decide that you want to do it. And he said, you know, he would think about it. So it wasn't a direct no, but it was a, I'm protecting my time now. And I said, more power to you. I respect that 100%. No harm, no foul, you know? Yeah. 
but that's the only one. So, so you have a super high success rate in terms of asking people to be on the show and them saying yes. Absolutely. And yeah. I feel very lucky for that. I guess I never thought about it. <laughs> and I think that kind of hits on another big value, right? It's a way to get easy yeses from people, right? I mean, as you said, you, you started out, which makes total sense reaching out to people you already know, is go after that low-hanging fruit. But I'm sure you've also reached out to people you don't know, like you just described one guy who didn't say yes. But in any case, I, most people you reach out to, in my experience, the experience of our clients and your experience too, will say yes. Because it's a cool thing to do. Most people like to be featured in content and have a chance to talk about themselves and what they do. Well, would, would you agree? I definitely agree. And I think that's also why people ask me to be on my show, which is also mm -hmm. really cool yeah. because it's a little ego boost. You're like, oh, you like my show that much? Do you want to come on? Or maybe it's just that they want to talk to my audience. And that's cool too, if I feel like they're a good fit. So Derek Kinney, actually, he, his, I'm sure it was his assistant or something, wrote me this fabulous email with great compliments about my show and telling me this is what he wants to talk about. And this is why it would benefit your, your crew. And I said, well, that was certainly a great email. Very complimentary. My ego is huge now. I would have <laughs> said yes without all of that, but I'm stoked. Let's do it. Who um, is that? Who is Derek Kenny? Derek Kinney wrote a book called The Good Money Revolution. I think, what mm. is that what it's called? He, but it, it, he's yeah. like a big deal in the financial advisor world. Okay, so sorry, Derek. I had never heard about you before then. But, <laughs> I mean, he has like a best-selling book, and he had like Matthew okay. McConaughey and oh, wow. on his podcast. And who, who else? Mel Robbins was on his podcast. I mean, he's a bigger <laughs> deal than I knew. I mean, but... Mm. I'm pretty, I'm kind of homebody-ish. I mean, like I've gotten out more in the past year, but I kind of was like sequestered for a few years, kind of doing my own thing. So that doesn't really say much that I didn't know who he was at first, but I love his message. And I'm so glad that we connected because he's very much about using money for a purpose. Money's not evil. You know, mm -hmm. money is good. And the more of you, of it you have, the more good you can do in these ways. And he does have part of his message, I think, is about showing advisors how they can align themselves with these purposes within their community and do good within their community to help market their business. So that's really cool, too. And he reached out to you. He did. That's really so cool, was, right? I know. I felt so special. <laughs> Well, that's, that's such a good, a validating sign that you're like, well, my podcast is out there and people are noticing it and, you know, people want to be on it. That's a huge source of validation. By the way, yeah. quick tip for you and, and for anyone listening who's, who has a podcast and is looking for guests, you know, there are all the, there are all these agencies out there that book people on podcasts and you'll, and, and it sounds like you're already starting to hear from some of those agencies. Uh, you know, you can reach out to them, to the agencies and let them know, hey, I have a podcast. Here are the kind of guests I'm looking for. So if you have clients like those, please send them my way. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mm -hmm. really am glad that you brought that up. I knew they existed, but it's not anything that I'm ever, it's ever really on my radar. But, you know, you'll probably get match made with some pretty yeah. good people that you aren't in interaction with every day, which is also great for your audience, because especially if you're like me, you're super active on one space, like LinkedIn, for example, a lot of us, we kind of filter through each other's networks. We see a lot of the same stuff. So, you know, it's nice to get rings of influence outside of the same people that we talk to and see every day. Yeah, for sure.
Now you're about 30 episodes into your podcast, right? So you've been doing it for several months at least. How long have you been at it? Oh, well, actually a long time, but I was not very consistent in the beginning. So that's, you know, okay. my bad. I actually started it in 2021 and I put one out like once a month. And then for a little bit, I went every two weeks. And then I think I took like a summer off. And so I talk about consistency and I've seen the value mm -hmm. of it since I've been more consistent. Yeah. You know, in the early days, I wasn't as much invested in it. Yeah. So we only are about 30 episodes in, but now we, you know, we publish biweekly. So every two weeks. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far in getting the podcast up and running. And I think, and maybe the answer is consistency, publishing it consistently. So let's talk about that. What are you looking back on that? Why was that difficult? What was getting in your way of being consistent with the publishing? Well, I mean, I think the fact that there's no immediate return, like what, mm. if, what is, okay, if there's, you have this five, you have five things that you have to finish by Friday at 5 p.m. or whatever. And the other things are from the people that are paying you and feeding you. <laughs> the podcast is going to wait. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess it's not really the best answer. I mean, that's that's all of the, the flaw. And that's why everybody isn't consistent. I mean, I would... <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's just you. I guess you could say some people are just lazy. But for me, it was like, I'm a solopreneur and I've only got yeah. so many hours in the day. So this is maybe not going to be the first thing on the list. And I'm, because I also do other forms of marketing. So I don't feel like if I missed my podcast or whatever, or I published on the third week instead of the second week, that it's really going to And I also purposely don't make a point usually we're talking about my podcast right now. So I'm telling you, I, my goal is always to get it out bi-weekly, but I don't actually make a point of saying it in my podcast or saying it mm -hmm. in any of the marketing around my podcast that it's weekly or bi-weekly or monthly or whatever. I just leave it very vague. Like this mm -hmm. is when it comes out. I will say that. So I recently implemented a newsletter that I push out every Friday. I've sent sales emails for years, but I never had a newsletter proper. I've actually had really a lot of fun with it. And that has kept me a little bit more consistent with mm -hmm. the bi-weekly schedule because I know that every other week is the podcast. And then every yeah. other week is a, a new blog that I've written or sharing an old blog that I've written. Mm -hmm. So it kind of keeps me on a a good cadence. And I know, you know, okay, well, every other Friday, my pod is going to come out. It's going to be in this section of my newsletter. And this is what we need to do. So it's made me really hone in on that process. We also switched providers. So I will say getting the show started was super easy because I worked with a company like yours because that original podcast I was on from my client, I had already been in working with his team for him. So I just hired his podcast team to work for me. Mm, so okay. it was super easy. I called Dan. I said, I want to do this podcast. I know what I want it to be called. So he told me everything I need to do. We need to make a thumbnail. We need to write the description. We need to set up these accounts. We need to record the intro and the outro. And I actually knew that I wanted to do video as well. So I could clip shorter content from it. So I went and, you know, had some B-roll recorded for the intro and then he recorded the outro. So the setup was super easy. If you want to start a podcast, I highly recommend just making the investment to have an, a third party, you know, mm -hmm. partner help you. And we, I stayed with him for a long time. He would do the post-production. So we would record. I, all I had to do was send him the link. He would write show notes. He would push it to the RSS feed. He would you know, do all of the things basically that keep it going. So that made it very easy. And then we, we 
brought it in-house, I was paying for Premiere Pro anyways. We had a, you know, we knew what to do now. So it was something that we were able to bring in to sort of eliminate that expense on a monthly yeah. basis. So, you know, if you get it going, have someone help you get it going, and then you might be able to transfer some of the responsibilities in-house like I did, or you just say, okay, this is worth it to me to have this outside person here to keep me consistent, to keep things moving in the right direction, to make sure that it doesn't fall behind. And, you know, so obviously there's the benefit of having a partner to help for that accountability piece and that time piece. Yeah, for sure. In my experience, I think it's the consistency that often is the biggest challenge for exactly the reasons you described. It's, It's not laziness at all. It's just, I have eight other things I have to do. And if I don't yeah. do them, like bad things will happen, you know, and the podcast and I'm not a robot, is, so I have to rest. There's only one <laughs> of you, right. And there's only one of you. And, you know, so the podcast is just going to have to wait. The problem with that, of course, like with all marketing, the, the, the less consistent it is, the less it's well, it's going to work. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think your suggestions are good ones, you know, especially to get started to work with, um, unless you've done it before and, you know, already know how all the moving parts and pieces work with a professional who can at least get you up and running and save you a lot of time. And then, yeah, any way you can hold yourself accountable, whether that's working with someone that you're paying and so you're like, well, I'm paying and so I got to do this or just making it a priority, right? Like one thing I've seen that works really well is if you position your podcast as your content engine, you know, you are relying on it to generate the content for your newsletter and your blog and everything else. Well, then if you don't do it, you have no content. So it kind of puts pressure on you to actually make it a priority and not something you can just put off. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. Um, And I also think that putting a good process in place can help you be more consistent. That's something that I didn't do till more recently. And I will say we're still working out the kinks, mostly because it's something that I want to hand off to like a VA or something. And but I've got to write it all out. And I've got to make sure that it's seamless. And there are a lot of steps. There are a lot of steps. I mean, you have to review it, edit it, come up with the title, you got to write the the show notes, timestamps. Yes, AI and tools like can help you with some of that, but you've still got to go in and review it. And you've got to make your thumbnail. And even if you have a template, let's say you have a template in uh, Adobe or Canva or something, you still got to do all these tiny, tiny little steps. So I yeah. think that if you write a process and you're able to hand it off to somebody else, that can also help you keep consistent. Yeah, 100%. You're exactly right. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces, no one of which is necessarily that complicated or takes a ton of time. Probably the thing that takes the most time, in my experience, is just editing, listening through, making edits to make sure it all looks and sounds good. That's, you know, it could take maybe twice the amount of time of the recorded podcast or something like that. But all the other things might only take a few minutes, but they all add up, right? Yeah, it's just all that tiny minutiae. Yeah, it all adds up. So, okay. Well, we covered a lot of ground already. There's a lot more st- things we could talk about, but I just want to ask one more question, which is what, what's your advice for any solopreneur who's thinking about starting a podcast? Okay. So this is easy because I talk to a lot of advisors about possibly starting their own podcast. So I know what the advice I want to give is. I guess the number one thing is and this is an error that I made, so it's probably why I feel more passionate about it, is to make your title what it is that you are actually going to talk about. Because I had this idea that my podcast was going to be a space where I could use fitness analogies to explain marketing. And 
that was a good idea for like other types of videos. I think just, you know, short YouTube videos or something, but it's confuses people because get advisor fit, but there's nothing in there about marketing and there's nothing in there about advisory businesses. So it was my attempt to like sort of merge my passion of fitness because I'm a professional mm-hmm. bodybuilder also with the, this fun little side of my business, the podcast, but it doesn't relay what the show is about. So pick a title that says what the show is about. For example, James Pollard is like top financial marketing podcast or something. That is exactly what he talks about. Or mm-hmm. another one for a client of mine was like the multi-generational family wealth. Just name it what you're going to name it. Clarity is better than cute, in my opinion, especially if you're like trying to get audience members, you know, if having a big following is big for you and like searchability and things like that, that would be it. Just be simple with the title. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is you're going to talk about, that's what the title should say. (laughs) That's my advice. (laughs) Yeah, great advice, right? Prioritize directness over cleverness maybe is a way to put it, right? Yes. I I I did the same exact thing. I. I did the same exact thing. I mean, this podcast is called the B2B content show, but it used to be called engage your tribe, which I was like, yeah, I like the phrase of that and the way it sounds. People don't use that language when they're searching for like a podcast about B2B marketing. They're not going to engage your tribe. Like that's not going to come up in search. So I was like, well, what is the show actually about? We talk about B2B content marketing. So what if I just call it the B2B content show and I change the name? And it made a big difference. Get a lot more people listening. Okay. So am I allowed to ask you a question on your own show? Mm, I will allow it. Okay. <laughs> well, only because I never even, I didn't, I thought it would be just a huge no-no if I ever changed the name of my podcast, but you're saying mm. it's okay. I mean, you Great did Great question. Honestly. Great question. You know, it can be done. I'll, I'll say this. Like when we're working with a new client, I always tell them, let's be very careful about the name we pick because of all the things, the cover art, the music, the description, those you can change no problem. But the name, that's the one thing you really don't want to change unless you really have to, you know, because that's the main, that's how people know the show. Right. And so I would say it's not something you want to just kind of change on a whim or keep changing multiple times. But, you know, just like you said, you might start with a name and then you realize later on, like, no, I need something more direct or whatever. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Sure. It's not, you just change it. Like it's not you just do hard it. to yeah. actually do. You just do it and then just be smart. Let people know, make it part of your marketing. It's actually a marketing opportunity, right? You can let your audience know, like, guess what, everyone, I'm changing the name of the show and here's why. So you get, you can tell that story and turn it in, into good content actually. So you can make the best of it. It's sort of like a last resort kind of solution, but it's not like if you do that, your podcast is doomed or anything. You can do it and just make sure though that the name you switch it to is the right one because you don't want to do that again. Oh yeah. Well, okay. This is not me writing down Q1 2024 marketing idea. Change name of the podcast. (laughs) Well, we could talk about that another time, but so Olivia, okay. Awesome conversation. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Well, if you want to connect on social, like I said, I'm super active on LinkedIn on my personal page. So that's at Olivia Looper, L-U-P-E-R. I don't really 
do much on the business page there. You can also follow the YouTube channel for Lexicon Advisor Marketing, where you'll see the videos for my podcast, Get Advisor Fit, but you can also watch the shows on any of the major streaming platforms. My website is lexiconadvisormarketing.com. Hop on the email list if you want to get my super cool newsletter on Fridays with the information about each of my new podcast guests. And I will tell you, this probably won't come out before then, this episode that we're speaking on right now. But Jeremy's episode on my podcast comes out next week. So you should definitely go check that out if you're a fan of Jeremy's. It was a great conversation just like this one. So thank you guys so much. All right. Excellent. Well, we'll put all those links in the show notes. So Olivia, it is always super fun to talk with you. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at Conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.